We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I am the captivating, motivating, titillating, and money-making Mr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I got my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Yo, what up to the people? What up to the audience? What up to my fans? What up to Carl's fans? What up to OTC's fans? Look, happy to be on this episode. It's going to be a good one. I know I say this a lot, but I mean it every single time. That's the thing. Each episode is just more heat than the last. I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a good one. Y'all strap in. Get ready. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So without further ado, you guys know we always love to bring you special guests that just provide you so much value for your business, for your life, whatever ups and downs you're going through. This week is no exception. With that being said, this week we do have a special guest in the building we go way, way back, like two Ds on the Cadillac, and I am very excited for uh, this episode. Man, we have in the building a men's lifestyle coach, doctor of physical therapy, personal trainer for business owners, execs, and entrepreneurs, and the host of the Becoming a Better Man podcast, where he works with men, helping them to transform from a life of pain to a pain-free and strong resilient life without being distracted by their body. Without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today. We have the amazing Dr. Jason Wright in the building. Yes, sir. Jason, what's up, my man? Thanks so much for joining us. How you feeling? What's going on, guys? I'm, uh, I'm doing real good now after that intro. I got hyped up. No problem, man. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here and, and looking forward to this episode, my man. So without further ado, you know, we kind of like to jump straight into the why of things, because how can you really start a story? How can you really do an interview without knowing the why behind everything first? So just right out the gate, tell us, like, why did you even choose to pursue the field of physical therapy? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's a a tragic tale of what most men uh, especially face since that's kind of my emphasis that's my focus but it's it's not exclusive to us uh, it's a it's a story of failed potential and it's a story of how I grew up playing baseball and fortunately I was a little bit ahead of the curve physically um, for my age and for some reason I didn't know anything about, and neither did my coaches, about proper strengthening and preparation and stuff like that, especially if you've got a bigger body for a 11, 12-year-old, messed up my shoulder, um, kind of ruined my potential there unless I wanted to do surgery because that was the only option that was given to me. And um, it was either baseball or, you know, focus on other things. And I didn't really know if I wanted to go through with surgery and all that that rehab process that would be involved to trying to come back from that. So I just said bye to it, explored other avenues, uh, creatively, artistically, uh, educationally, and uh, stumbled across PT when um, I had failed out of uh, my freshman year of college after having a full ride for vocal music education. 
and uh, there's a chapter on injury rehab for um, for problems that you've got. And I'm like, hold on, there was never any conversation about exercise as a way to get over an injury. Um, so the more I went down that hole, I found a job in it as a technician at a clinic and I uh, worked in that. And so I automatically went all in after I got out of the community college because I paid my dues there for bad grades. And uh, it was all, all over from there, became a PT, had to work a little bit harder after flunking out of college to get there. But, um, you know, several years later, and I had to get a master's degree in between just to get to the doctorate. And here we are. You ever hear somebody just introduce themselves after introduction and it's fire? That's what that was right there. Um, Jason, let me ask you a question. So, and, and this, this actually wasn't a planned question just because it's something I know and I think would be beneficial to the audience to know about because I know it's had like an impact on where you are today. Let's talk a little bit about the, the educational component of like the music, right? And how that came to be. Because obviously now it's like, if people just look at your stuff and, and they, they're looking, they're not going to know that unless you straight up tell them, y'all won't know that Jason has the vocals. Y'all really won't know that unless he straight up tells you. So what, what did um, the process of kind of, you know, pursuing that, getting the full ride and that transformation process of like, you know, after you failed out, just seeing like, okay, cool. I've now discovered this thing after this really sucky thing that just happened for me, right? Or to me, for me. What did the music, musical education process, like what did it do for you as it helped you transition into the PT world? Did it help you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It helped me because um, if anything, it taught me, um, it, I believe physical therapy is just as much an art as it is a science. Um, because how many times are we in a clinic or do we get a job somewhere or do we create our own job somewhere to where there aren't all the technical resources available? You know, like you might just get in and, Hey, they don't have any of the equipment that I would have had at this other place, but this patient has the same type of problem that they would have at another clinic with more fancy tools, gadgets, equipment, whatever. So we've got to make do. And I think in music and even musical theater, um, things like that, like you have to learn how to improvise and you have to learn how to practice. You have to learn how to um, master your craft. You have to learn how to put in the repetitions, even when you don't want to, even when you think it's good enough, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to stay there and you have to continue to put in the repetitions just to continue uh, to avoid regression, to avoid slipping up, to avoid unexpected setbacks that are going to happen like you you can be in front of a stage in front of hundreds of people or thousands of people even i've been and shit's going to go wrong and if you're not prepared for all possible things just like with the human body then it could be a lot worse than what it it, sh it should be if you're more prepared so um music helped me in a great deal uh, not just for for being really um not elite at what i did i don't want to think that i was in fact i think i was just kind of like middle of the pack, um, but somehow like was very blessed to have, have gotten a scholarship in that, uh, especially since I didn't even finish my audition piece, but that's a whole nother story. I totally forgot the words and you can't ad lib Latin, like you can't fake Latin, like you can't English. So I just stopped and, <laughs> and I think they felt bad for me giving me a scholarship, but um, also learning how um, failure is a part of, of life. 
And if you don't fail, and if you don't respond well to that failure, then what are you? You know, like you're just somebody that gives up and they quit. And so sometimes that failure is a blessing, right? Like what you said, it's sometimes it's happened, something happens for you. Um, and you take that lesson and you apply it to a new uh, life goal that you want to pursue or a new path that you want to pursue. Um, I took it and used it as, uh, is, is kind of the theme in my life. And what I try to preach with my clients is that um, sometimes if you keep hitting resistance, sometimes maybe that's not the sign that like, if it's worthwhile, that's got to be really hard. Sometimes it's a sign of like, you get to the bottom or the end of your rope and you go, whatever I've been doing didn't work up to this point. So I need to become something different. And so that's, that's one of the big lessons too that I took from that was that I had to become something different because the way I was approaching music couldn't be the same way I approached other endeavors. And if it was, they were all going to fail too. So fortunately I took that lesson and, and learned from it. And, um, you know, here, here we are, uh, kind of a few different ventures later, but it's all been stepping stones instead of total dead ends and redirects. It's funny. You said, you said, you said a couple of things that were spot on, but there was one thing that stuck out to me just because of something I read earlier today. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tim Grover, but yeah. okay. So Tim Grover uh, his new book winning that he, he came out with I just started reading that yesterday and um, I was reading a chapter today and he was talking about how he used to when he was working with the athletes he used to whenever he'd get their rebound the, these basketball players he'd get the rebound and the passes he threw them were passes that were not perfect so he might throw it too far to the left or too far to the right or higher up or whatever the case may be and um he talked about how some of them would complain and he was like when are you ever going to get a perfect pass in the game you know and you you mentioned earlier being able to be prepared for all kind of scenarios you know and i think that's such a a key thing not just as an entrepreneur, but in life, right? Because life, we we all know life is going to throw you some punches that's like, man, like I did not expect this. I didn't see this one coming. And so kind of piggybacking off of, off of that a little bit, just in terms of like more in, on the entrepreneurial side of things, how would you say, or what would you say has been your your, your biggest, setback that you had to overcome in order to start seeing some success in the business or businesses? Yeah. Um, COVID because, well, COVID happened right on the heels of me making a big move. So, uh, I moved from, from Kentucky to Tampa, Florida in September of 2019. And just as I was starting to get some traction locally with doing some more, uh, mobile concierge, physical therapy and training stuff, um, you know, we got hit with this pandemic and then all my people were like, well, I take that back. I had two clients at the time, um, which in my eyes, I was here two months. I started, I already have two clients like, okay, the, like this is taking off faster than it did back home. Sweet. And then that hit and they're like, look, we trust you, but like, we're just wanting to be super cautious and not have anybody in the house that doesn't need to be here. 
So I, I respected that. And I told him like, look, I'm, I'm here for when, for when you're ready and things look like they're a little bit more clear for us to go forward safely. Like, let's do that. Um, but I also had some online clients at the time, like, like Paul, you might even remember this because you were in this little challenge thing. When I was first starting to try to get the online fitness thing going, um, I was trying to do a challenge just to try and get the word out there. And mainly just for me to learn, like, am I good at this? Can I do this? Uh, what's going to be something that's going to work and not work? Um, and so I learned a lot from it that I've never done again. Uh, but it was a really good experience for me. But I already started to kind of pull in some online uh, clients that were just kind of doing like an ongoing month to month um, training thing. So I'd create these programs for them. They'd follow them. If they ever had an issue or they wanted to change or progress from there, they'd just reach out. I'd make some tweaks on the back end. They're good to go. Um, but what had happened was because I was still early on in the process, I wasn't charging much for it because one, I needed to feel better about doing things remotely before I could justify the price of being a premium experience versus just like a commodity and uh, doing things that way. It was great until COVID hit. And just like me, like I got laid off from all the PRN gigs that I had. Um, I had, I'd just gotten back from Jamaica and, uh, I just set up like this sweet, regular three day a week PRN gig. It paid well. Um, and it gave me two days a week to focus just on the business. Well, I show up for work one day and they're like, Hey, we don't need you for the foreseeable future. Cause volumes dropping COVID yada, yada, yada. So I'm sitting there like, all right, uh, really nice income. Uh, cash flow is gone, but I've still got my clients. Well, within the next couple of weeks, I was getting messages from my clients. Hey, I'm also getting, my hours cut at work. I'm laid off. I'm furloughed. I don't know what, how things are going to look financially. So I'm going to have to, to stop. And I even offered for all of them, like, I'll keep working with you, no charge until you have a better idea of what's happening for you financially for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. Cause I, I didn't want to be like, you know what, you don't have money, screw you. Um, I thought that if I did that, then trying to help them in the long run was going to serve everybody better than me just trying to look for people that were able to pay. Um, but they, they were like, Hey, even gyms were shut down. So they're like, I didn't want to do anything from home. I'm just, I'm trying to process everything. So I stepped, I stepped back, I let them walk away uh, because it was the right thing to do at the time. But there I was like zero cash flow, uh, probably for the first time since I was like 17. And that freaked me out. And I went a, like a month or so of that. And I started sitting there thinking like, I got to do something else because I felt like whatever I was trying to do, obviously I couldn't help the pandemic, but I could help maybe learn from it in the ways of like, was I really showing up as Jason Wright or was I trying to show up as the right fit physio, like the right fit online persona? And I realized like I was, I was being somebody that wasn't true to me and I was trying to play a part and I was trying to play a role and I was trying to be accepted versus I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna put my genuine self out there and that's gonna attract whoever it needs to attract. And that, that's where I started my podcast, which is it's essentially just me in a microphone every week. And I'm talking to past me, present me and future me. And as a result, like I'm over, I'm almost at 22,000 downloads after a year and like a month or two of starting this thing. I don't really promote it. I don't really push it. It's just, I'm putting out there something that 
feels like somebody needs to hear it. Like one person needs to hear it. And I'm being honest. I'm not editing it. I'm not censoring myself. I'm just saying what is on my heart and what I've experienced and what I think uh, that I've learned as a man, what I've learned as a professional, what I've learned as uh, a son, a partner, uh, everything. Um, and I'm just putting it out there in a space and how, to, how that ties into fitness and how fitness ties in every other area of our lives and how we cannot legitimately show up as men in our profession, in our home, in our friendships, in any way, if we're not honoring ourselves and taking care of our body, because that also has to be people we take care of and care about more than anybody else. And so um, that, that setback, that pivot kind of thrust me into this now to where I, I've been very blessed. Like I'm, I'm attracting more people who are perfect fits for me. Like we got the same sense of humor. They can understand where I'm coming from. I can understand they're coming from. And there's a lot of there's a lot more of just like, hey, here's your workout or, hey, here's how you get past that injury. It's like, dude, what's going on with you? Like, how, like how's life? Um, because I noticed you're having a hard time with your consistency this week. So talk to me about what's going on. And usually it's always because something's starting to slip between the ears and they're, they're caught in there and they're out of their body. They're in their heads. And so let's figure out, like, let me just help you give some perspective from 30,000 feet. And maybe it'll help you see things differently. Something will click. Now you're back in your routine. Uh, and that's been able to be more transform transformative for my clients just because I'm comfortable now saying, hey, I struggle with stuff too. I'm not perfect. Here are the battles I've had to overcome and still struggle with. And somehow like that's more attractive than somebody that's like, I'm shirtless 24 seven. And I look like I'm some sort of horse dancer at the Olympics, like with that cut body dancing around the, the that's an inside, inside joke guys for you listeners. But uh, we, we've been making jokes about the Olympics. So, um, but it's, that's the thing. Like I stopped trying to be what every other freaking social media um, fitness guru was. And, and I started doing my own thing. And I'm like, it's not about fitness. That's a tool that we're going to use to help you unlock your true potential. And, and here we are. So I got a comment on the back end of that. <clears throat> and it's interesting too, because you mentioned like, I remember we came, we, we all came back from Jamaica and two weeks later, COVID officially started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And something I saw a lot of people really struggling with was like, holy crap, how do we, how do we make that transition? A whole lot of entrepreneurs. How do we, how do we deal with this crisis? How do we deal with this problem that's like suddenly been, been, been placed in front of us? And, you know, saw businesses shutting down, saw people giving up their dreams, saw people just like having breakdowns because they couldn't handle just the, I'm calling it an, I'm calling it an opportunity in front of them. Um, because, you know, Danielle and I, in our business, we had to figure it, figure it out like fast. Mm -hmm. We had to figure that ish out fast. Cause I remember like, I'd be on calls with Carl trying to figure out SEL stuff, trying to compete with like this other really big company um, that does like fitness stuff like that. But we had to figure that out fast for our people, right? And so the, the thing I wanna ask you about, and specifically in entrepreneurship, um, is what does it look like for a person to like literally rationally, well, maybe not rationally, because nothing about this is rational, but effectively, and segmentedly go portion by portion or step by step and being able to actually do that pivot 
right? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people tend to struggle with like, what now? Mm -hmm. What do I do now? What's next? Why? Because we've grown up all our lives, right? Uh, And this is me tripping out, you know, I read that whole uh, weapons of mass instruction, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, me in public education, I'm just like, (laughs) it's like, you just, we're raised to like, basically just wait for that next step. We're We're not in a job, somebody tells us to clock in, somebody tells us a task ahead of the day. Somebody tells us when to leave. Somebody tells us when our break is. Somebody tells us when lunch is. And we're doing that day in, day out, five days a week, trying to figure out whatever. So for a lot of people, when they're making that transition into entrepreneurship, a lot of people hit that, you know, after that honeymoon section is what now? What's next? What do I do? How do people categorically start to create these, like a a process to go through that? Because I don't think a lot of people have that. I think a lot of people just get stuck and trying to figure out what now. And then that's how people get caught looking goofy, signing up for some of these Bobo coaches mm-hmm. out here who are selling you a program with the result they've never gotten, right? Mm-hmm. So, because there's just no foundation. So from your perspective, how can people utilize that and say, okay, this is what, this is what transitioning and pivoting actually looks like. These are the things I need to look out for. These are the things I need to focus on and create as my markers of success. Yeah, I, I think it starts with, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to sit down and you have to go, what am I really good at? You know, what am I really good at? What have I done successfully over and over and over again? And it's easy to get it confused thinking that what revenue marker is that? What business outcome is that? Like I had to stop looking at all that kind of stuff because now we were in uncharted waters. And so I had to find a way to separate myself out from the ego and the persona that I had of how damn good I thought that I was in person. And what, what, what characteristics, what traits, what abilities do I still have? I knew I still had my mind. I knew I still had my ability to listen, relate, create, and reassure for people. And that was I, what I felt was always my biggest gift as a clinician. It had nothing to do with my, my hands-on techniques. I think they were an extension of what I already had listed just there with those four things. But it helped me to further um, uh, kind of convey the, the confidence in me that the, my people needed. And it's just like with anybody that's a healthcare uh, worker, anybody that's an op- entrepreneur, People at some point, whether it's directly with the client, your staff, whatever, they have to be able to rely on you and have faith in you, right? They have to be confident that you're able to deliver on what you're entrusted to deliver. And so I had to sit there and think, um, okay, I have to abandon this whole in-person idea for a while. What what do I still have? And I, I still had those four things. So I thought next, okay, what does that look like? How can I use those strengths and those skills in a way to help other people in ways that I fully understand and have been through myself? Because I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like any of those other coaches out there that's like, hey, I just learned how to do something um, kind of pretty mediocre. And so now I'm going to teach you how to do it for yourself. Because that's, I I just, (laughs) this could be a tangent and I don't want to do that because I just, I'm skeptical of all coaches now 
I don't like any of them. I don't like, I don't trust any of them. Like you need to prove over time. You need to show me profit and loss statements for the last three years. You need to show me your net revenue, not just your gross. I need to see everything. And I need to also be able to see a list of people, not just after they, or while they're going through your program, their testimonial, I need to see where they're at a year out and plus for me to be able to, to trust that you can deliver on what you say. Otherwise, 2020 became the year of posers and imposters and everybody tried to become a coach who learned how to coach others on coaching coaches. And that's bullshit. So I needed to sit back and reevaluate who am I? Like, who is Jason Wright? Because I felt like my identity was stripped away. And without that identity, who was I still? And so I reconnected with myself. And I think all, all successful entrepreneurs during the pandemic were able to have that level of, of realness and rawness with themselves, because that's a conversation that not many people, especially in the coaching space, are willing to have with themselves. Um, they're, they're used to getting gassed up by people around them instead of getting cold, hard facts. And I needed to see where am I bullshitting myself and because I'm only going to be bullshitting other people if I keep doing that. And I had to look at, okay, I still have the gift of being able to have a conversation with somebody for them to feel heard, for them to feel like they can know that somebody's not only seeing them, but hearing them and understanding where they're coming from. Because I listen to understand. I don't listen to respond. Used to not be that way, but I've learned that. And by doing that, I knew I could still coach people in some way. So what's something else I'd struggled with? Well, I'd struggled with weight loss. I'd struggled with getting back in shape after an injury. I'd struggled with being able to try and push myself on a consistent basis after I've achieved the goal in order to maintain it and not yo-yo up and down and fall for all the, the tricks and gimmicks and stuff out there. So I, I knew I've done all those things well. And I also understood men, right? Being a man who struggled with things and hidden the fact that he struggled with things just for the sake of appearing successful um, and learned how to not necessarily overcome them because it's never really, a, it's never a done deal. It's never, there's never a finish line in this race. It's always just learning how to stop slipping up too far down the line again. Um, and so I've, I felt like I've gotten a handle on that to an extent. And then how do I need to just put that out there in a real way with people? And so um, entrepreneurs, the, the ones that I've seen come out of it better off were the ones that were able to do that with themselves. Uh, at least that was my experience. And I've seen it kind of firsthand. Some people are still trying to give the appearance of success, even though they're not having the same success, because you can just look at the optics and the metrics of their posts, their content, everything. It's not what it was pre-pandemic, but they're going to tell you that it is. And I don't want to be one of those people. So on the back end of that, Jay, for what do you say then to the people that talk about the whole notion of fake it fake it till you make it you know or Mm -hmm. or or act like you've been there right because because you're gonna have those people too that listen to this and they're like well like aren't I supposed to put myself there before I get there so that I can grow into that person you know what I'm saying so just from your standpoint and and uh you know what you've been through how do you navigate that slippery slope while still staying true to yourself you know like how are you able to navigate that but still giving yourself an opportunity to be genuinely you and still have that impact and still be that person that you want to eventually grow into 
Yeah, that's a great question because that is a hard thing, um, right? You, like you have to, you have to come off. I like to treat business like I treat relationships. You can't come off like some dude that's weak and apologizing for everything. And, um, but you can't be weak. You can't be indecisive. Um, otherwise that's not attractive. Like who wants to be with that? So client, like clients, patients, the public, whatever, they're the same way. So you have to approach it the same thing, the same way you would when trying to, you know, attract a, a partner. That being said, you may not be confident. You may not be, you're not, we'll rephrase that. You're not where you want to be, but you have to at least be confident in your abilities. You have to be a confident in you knowing yourself. And by doing that, that will convey the confidence that your clientele needs to have in you, right? Because faking it till you make it is, is a fine line for a lot of people. Some people like to fake success, right? Until they make it. That's not the same as kind of faking the confidence that you hope to have in yourself fully. So one is, one is internal, the other one is fake external. And I think if you focus more on the, the internal and you're honest about that and say, look, here's what I know I bring to the table. Um, I'm going to give you 100%. And if there's something I don't know, I'm going to find it out because that's what you deserve. And we're going to work through this together. And here's how we're going to do it. And that's you being decisive, like laying out for them. Here's the plan. Here's what I think's going on. Here's what it's going to take to get there. And then we'll see what happens along the way. And if we need to course correct somewhere, we'll do it. But that's not in any way me saying, see, here's the difference because you'll see people doing this. And I've been guilty of it too. We do this all the time. And here's the results that our people get. And it's boom, 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 boom. And it's fake, right? There's a difference between being fake and being genuine and being optimistic in your confidence is better than trying to lie about success because you'll grow into one. You won't grow into the other. So this is my question. Because something, and you know, this could be a therapy session all of a sudden, something I myself have been trying to work through and understand is just like what people actually care about throughout the process of selling, like what they genuinely care about versus what we just assume they want to see, right? For example, like there's, um, and this is no shade, by the way, if some of y'all are Ty Lopez fans, shout out to y'all. This is no shade to Ty Lopez, right? But if I see a Ty Lopez ad and he's showing me the cars and everything, I'm just like, great for you. But that does absolutely nothing for me, right? Because I think we tend to assume that, like in my, in my case, that is not the motivating factor. It's fantastic, but that's not like, that's not, I don't, the, the nice cars and everything, Carl will tell you, like, I just care about peace these days, bro. Like, Whatever I can do to maintain my peace and have my queen with me, mm -hmm. that's what. So if somebody comes to me and says, do you want to know how to keep your queen at home? And by that, I mean, like, you know, she ain't got to go work. I don't mean that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> somebody out there is like negative comment of the week. One in them streets. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, be able, do you want to know how to be able to make sure that you can spend more time with your family? and do that and i'd be like oh absolutely freaking yes let's see how legit this is i'm in because that's my motivating factor right so you just kind of understand the process of like what people actually care about versus what we assume they do 
And I think especially in the fitness industry, right? Man, oh. I, I, I ran into this thread online today, right? So here's this crazy thing. And Jason, you're going to be the perfect person to talk to about this. So I ran into this thread where a bunch of guys were like commenting about how they needed to have, pause, the perfect body, right? Like I need to have the abs, this, this, and that. Then a bunch of women came into the thing and they're like, bro, we don't care about all that, right? They're like, we don't care if you got the abs. We don't care. As a matter of fact, a lot of them were like, we prefer if you got a little, a little belly. Got to put my head somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So that's just like an example of like, if a lot of people come to the fitness thing and they're trying to like sell to guys and they're thinking about, hey, like, do you want to whatever? And then it's like, but if the intended audience doesn't care about that, that's just assuming that some guys like, I want to get in shape so I can, you know, whatever. Like if, if, the, if the person you're doing it for or you're doing it because of doesn't care about that, then why are you doing it like that? right? I think a lot of entrepreneurs tend not to understand what the true motivating factors are for people. That's why I brought up the Ty Lopez thing. That's why I brought up the, you know, little gut thing, right? Because we have to learn how to understand those motivating factors, right? So what my question to you then, especially when it comes to fitness, you know, everybody and their mom and their auntie has become like a fitness influencer, everybody like they go to the gym like four weeks in a row and suddenly I'm like a lifestyle coach where I can show you how to grow your booty or you know everybody's doing it that's that's what it is bro I'd be I'm fam I'd be in the gym just seeing certain people I'm like bro you 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 creating content but you're doing absolutely no work in here (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing but help help the people man help the people understand how to identify because like you mentioned earlier right? On the back end of everything that happened, you were like, holy crap, I'm not just right fit physio, the persona, I'm Jason Wright. So I'm going to serve people based on the things I know they want for me, the person, not me, the business, not me, the image. But how do you identify and learn how to listen to a lot of those things? Because listening being the active skill is not that common. People don't do it. People just, you said you listen to understand. People just listen to respond, right? Mm-hmm. So how do people learn to, le- how, to figure out what those motivating factors are for the clientele? Now you can say from the perspective of fitness, because a lot of people listening to this are in the fitness space, right? Um, or just general as an entrepreneur, like how do people figure out what those motivating factors are? Because I genuinely believe what, that's one of those pillars that's holding people back from seeing some of that, you know, success that they so badly want. Man, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's an interesting thing to see because it's all the stuff that, and especially with you doing uh, fitness stuff as well, like you understand how early on you think you're going to sell people on the beach body, you know, like you think you're going to sell them on the six pack, you're going to think you're you're selling them on the the gun show, you know, but that that's not what really sells them like that might be what catches their eye but that's not really what they want like it'd be nice if they got that but that's not the sticking point like that's minor league stuff right like the major league stuff is what intangible outcome are they going to get from this right like what thing is it going to do for your life 
And just like what you said, if your partner doesn't care about that, then you doing it for them is only going to lead to you getting really inconsistent with taking care of yourself. So you have to do every one of your fitness goals, whether how you take care of your health, your body, whatever has to be for you, right? If it's not for you, then it's something that you're going to resent, something that you're going to hate. You're going to see it as a chore. You're going to see it as punishment instead of a way to celebrate your body and what it's capable of and what you want it to do for the long haul, not just for the next two weeks, four weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Like, what do you need your body to do for you? And you have to reverse engineer, like, what are your values? What are the things that are most important to you? And they have to be specific, right? Like they, they have to be able to see the, the customer, the client, whatever you want to call them. They have to be able to see clearly what's the outcome that I desire. Does this person understand that? And if they see that, then they're inclined to say, okay, I trust this person, right? They're, they're different than everybody else. But if it's just like, hey, here's just pictures of me shirtless. Here's pictures of another couple of my clients that are shirtless that I starved them for three weeks and they're dehydrated. And so I got them to take a picture in the right angles and I taught them how to do it. Um, so that way I can look good and I just keep posting those because people are like, oh man, he's doing this for everybody. And that's rare. Like talking about six pack, like is your coach telling you that the majority of that's genetics? Like, are they telling you that? Because if they're not, they're lying to you. And like six packs, great, man. I've had one before. It was at one of the most miserable times of my life. In fact, that's when I met Carl. I was so unhappy. I was so just desperate. And um, it, I wasn't living a life that was fulfilled. And I think that's what people want. They want to be doing something that fulfills them. And I had this conversation with a client this morning. He told me, uh, he's kind of joking around. He's like, man, I never thought I'd be curling 45 pounds on a hammer curl. Uh, he's like, cause I see these guys in the gym and they're crushing it with like fifties, like the big dudes, they're doing fifties. And there I am right behind him. I never thought I'd be there a year ago. And he was like, I've been pissing off my wife, kind of joking with her. Like, Hey babe, you want tickets to the gun show? And you know, he's just like, I never, I never thought I'd be doing that kind of stuff. And now here I am. And he's like, and I know that doesn't matter, but it makes me feel good about myself. And so I came back with a little teaching point in the, in the reply there on, on Voxer. And I said, think about what that 45 pounds is doing with your job. How is that 45 pounds translating into how you show up today in your relationship? I was like, you're going to show up today on your client calls with more energy, right? You're going to feel more self-assured when you walk into the room. You're going to stand a little bit taller, even when you're just listening to what they say. And it's the intangible stuff, that body language stuff that, that translates. That's what elevates your life to the next level. And not to mention, you're going to have a longer, healthier life because you're taking care of your body. So you're going to be able to make more memories. And so, yeah, you're going to make more sales and you're going to do better with your client interactions today. And that's going to allow you to have more of that time to go make memories and travel the country or do whatever you want to do with your wife or your kids. And then also with your wife and your kids, you're going to be coming into the room as somebody that's not passive and timid. You know, you're, you're not going to be that guy that's trying to like hide from the camera when you see somebody pull it out. So if you just no longer feel like you're having to hide. And I think that that is one of the biggest thing, especially now, uh, what, what all men seem to face is just feeling like we've got to hide parts of ourselves. And if, if we can help take the physical part of it and see how that translates into the emotional and the mental and everything else, then everything starts to come together. Right. And, and that's where you get that peace. Right. That's where you can can start to protect your peace a little bit better. 
Um, because the Lambos, like, that's a red flag to me. Like, congrats, man. You, you leased that thing for the day or you leased that jet. Good for you. Um, but there's nothing about that that I see and makes me want to go, oh, dude, I got to sign up with that guy. You know, like if you see me on a video and I'm talking about working with a client and I've got a Rolex on, like, is that going to make you go like, oh, dude, I need to work with that guy? No, like maybe, maybe if you're wanting to learn how to charge people uh, a lot of money to learn how to do, do that stuff, maybe. But here's a trick. There's a lot of people looking like they got fancy suits and watches on that they'll tell you for a fact, cost them less than $50 if you go shop at a certain store. And the only thing that they have expensive on them is a pen. Damn. That was a bar right there. <laughs> and let me just say, I'm all for that because if I need to do some shopping, I tell people all the time, if you need some clothes, Ross, Marshalls, Burlington, undefeated. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that man, that was, that was amazing. That was a mic drop moment right there. Um, Jay, we do something on our, on our show uh, which is our, our black health segment. And just every episode we do like a, a little, a little statistic or, uh, health known fact, you know, just, just for our brothers and sisters in the black community. Um, so we're going to do that real quick and then I'm going to pass it over to Paul, but today's black health segment is just very quick guys. Um, I think this ties in as well with our topic. So 44% of black men are considered overweight and 37.5% are considered obese. And this is according to verywellhealth.com. So in regards to that, pretty self-explanatory today, guys, take care of yourself, drink your water, you know, watch what you're eating, make sure you're getting some exercise in 30 minutes a day, 60 minutes, it goes a long way over time. All right. So that is today's Black Health segment, and I will go ahead and pass it on over to Paul. Yes, sir. Uh, Jason, let me ask you one last question. <clears throat> and this is a practicality thing. Uh, that's the only, I only bring this up. I'm not bringing this up to boast. I'm not bringing this up to, to flex on nobody. Um, so the reason I bring this up like this is because I want to help the people out just in case it's something that they are struggling with, right? Um, so what I decided to do, because if you're listening and you don't know this, I'm getting married next year. And what we decided to do is we actually decided to go back to a fitness program I used to do like in high school, right? And the reason why we're doing it, bigger, faster, stronger, in case anybody's wondering, right? The reason why we're doing this is because it's one of the most simple forms of like workout programs I've ever done in my life. But it requires like a level of like patient discipline, Right? Think about this. Like I'm about to go after we record this, I'm about to go to the gym and today's my three by three day, right? For legs. So I'm about to do three sets of three reps, knowing I could do more, knowing I could do heavier, but I have to do it. But, but what it's done for me is two months ago, I would do like 15, 20 pushups and my chest, my heart would just be like, bro, relax. Mm -hmm. Don't do none of this, bro. Like we don't have the capacity, right? But now I've noticed is like just being commit, committed and consistent to the program. Now I'm just pumping these boys out like, let's go. Holy crap. This is functional strength. I could pick up my girl a little easier. Mm -hmm. I could, you know, I could do the one trip from the grocery store a little easier, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I could get there, I run, and I feel great. I wake up. No, I'm talking. This is this is real life, y'all. This is real life, right? It's true. This it's is true. real life. So for the people struggling, right? Like you can plug yourself, you can plug whatever you want to talk about, right? But for the people struggling, because I know a lot of people like they really do get caught up and get confused and Y'all for listeners, we don't bring you guys people who we do not 100% first of all verify, um, 100% trust and 100% understand that whatever it is they're doing works. So I say this knowing that I have done one of Jason's programs. I did get results. It did suck a little bit at the start, but that's also because I, I just, where I was and where I told him I wanted to be were two different places. And he got me there. Okay. So just I, I say that understanding that a lot of people I think definitely miss out on this component of their entrepreneurial journey. And so the reason I bring it up is like the last portion I didn't mention is that not because I'm able to go and work out and you know be in the gym and lift all these weights, I feel so much better and so present in the work that I'm doing. Now I have even more energy to sit here and like, you know, I've been obsessing over copywriting for the last week and a half, right? And I find myself just energized. I can just sit here through hours of this stuff. And I'm just like, I, know, I can see the direct correlation between being in the gym and getting these results, right? So give us something practical, right? Because I know different people have different goals. Um, some of y'all, you know, want to do the bodybuilding joint. Some of y'all, you want the farmer strength right? Different, different things. But for people just kind of in that moment thinking, man, like if, if I could do this one thing, or if I could reach out to this one person, look, what would you tell them in this moment to do? Yeah, it's people try to overcomplicate it and it's not complicated. The best training programs to follow, whether it's with a coach or by yourself, are often the simplest. It doesn't mean they're easy, but they're the simplest. And like what Paul, like what you were saying, it's the consistency that, that wins. It's not the complexity, it's the consistency. Because here's an example I, I, I tell people, look at water, right? Water cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its consistency. And that's the same thing with life. And especially when it comes to our physical fitness, how we take care of our health. And it's not gonna be built in a day. And honestly, the more patient that you are and the more that you understand like this is a process, right? Stop focusing so much on the outcome, focus more on the process. And next thing you know, you achieve the outcome. Uh, because if, if you focus too much on the outcome, if you're like, I need to lose 15 pounds. And so you're obsessed with the scale as a way of like, you're hoping that each day you're working hard and that somehow that scale is going to automatically drop to 15 for you, then you're going to be disappointed. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to give up and that's not helping you. Right. So use the scale as a tool to measure how the progress and the process is working, but don't use it to determine the outcome. Right. It's, it's hard right? I'm not going to lie to anybody. Being consistent is hard or else everybody be in fantastic shape. That's not the problem. The problem is that you oftentimes get stuck trying to do something that you think somebody else is doing. So it's going to work for you. That's not always the case. Oftentimes the simplest thing to do is just 
what are some things that I can do for my entire body at least three days a week, right? Like start there. What can I do for my entire body at least three days a week? So squat in place, do some push-ups, like do some planks, do some, some jumping jacks, do something like that. And then get your steps in. Honestly, like the people that have the most success are the ones who average somewhere around like seven, 8,000 steps a day, because you're working on kind of like that, uh, training effect that's not necessarily coming from your training right because you're getting your body moving and so automatically metabolism is raising up and if if i if i can impart any kind of wisdom on anybody you're not going to lose your weight on the treadmill you're not going to lose your weight on the elliptical or the bike it's going to come from you trying to gain more lean mass so do something that's going to strengthen your body right because the the real the real fear out there shouldn't be like getting fat, right? It's, that's a danger, but it's getting weak. Being weak is your biggest, biggest problem, your biggest hurdle, and especially for you guys, like understanding this from, from your PT exposure and experience. It's what happens at the end of our lives when we're weak. It's not good. And so if we can do anything, push some stuff around, carry some stuff, pull some stuff, um, hinge, squat, do whatever you got to do. But don't make it too complicated. Don't overthink it. Don't think that three hours in the gym is a successful training program. Don't think that because I sweat five gallons out that it's a successful workout. Like sometimes the best workouts are the ones that you don't get super sweaty. You don't get super tired. You're not feeling like shit the next three days. Like do something that you can manage and then build from there. Because like what Paul's saying, you start at three or four and you're no longer having a heart attack. Like now I'm going 15, 20, 30. And it's no big deal, but it's going to happen over time and you have to stick with it. And especially why I like working with entrepreneurs, because I understand your mindset. I understand your mentality. I understand how many directions you're being pulled in. And so your, your fitness in terms of looking at your schedule isn't going to be a priority, but it has to be a staple, right? It has to be a staple. And so we have to understand with the time that we're willing to make available, not the time that we have available. That's a separate thing. One is a choice. The other one is you're hoping that you kind of fall ass backwards into it. You have to make time for this. So if you say, hey, I can realistically commit 30, 45 minutes, three or four days a week, then that's the program you got to follow. And I'll create something for you that'll set that up. But um, I'm not going to give you some bullshit that's like, this will really work, but it's an hour and 10 minutes because that's not going to work for you. And so it's understanding yourself well enough to know what am I willing to commit to? And then from there, how can I stay with it consistently? And that's nine times out of 10 going to be your key to success. Boom. Boom. That's all. Boom. That's the response right there. Look, let me, let me make it real simple for y'all too. As a matter of fact, for those of y'all who listen to this show faithfully, you already know what I'm about to say. What else you got to make more simple? That's what you got to do. You got to text us at 321-384-6275. Text the word shirt. Look, here's why. Um, if you don't live in Florida, it's probably cold where you live. So we got the hoodies. If you live in Florida, where we do live, it's, it's hot. So we got the shirts. You can get it. You can be fly. You can look good as long as you text us. The word shirt at 321-384-6275. And also, if you, you know, we, we really genuinely try to make sure that we can make these episodes applicable to you. So in order to get the stuff that makes sense, you got to text us the word study guide because we take notes off the clock. Don't mean you're out of class. Look, we take notes for y'all, but to get the notes, to get the breakdown, to get the heat Jason has dropped, 
text the word study guide to 321-384-6275 and we'll get that to you. Text the word shirt to 321-384-6275 and you can get the link to get one of these bad boys right here. We got the black, we got the white, we got the gray, we got the hoodie. We might as well get a blanket for y'all winter time coming up. We got it all. Just text the word shirt. 321-384-6275. Yes, sir. Um, Jay, man, thanks so much for coming on. This was this was dope. Uh, appreciate you for sure. And for anyone that's listening, you know, and this may be their first time being exposed to you, what would be some uh, social media or contact information you would want to leave with them? Yeah, reach out to me on uh, on Instagram. Give me a follow. I've got two accounts. Um, one obviously is my podcast. The other one is my my private account that I also use for for my business with my private coaching. But um, Instagram is Right Fit Physio, and then the podcast page. It's similar, but I, I touch a little bit more on on male specific issues outside of the gym, and it's becoming a better man and it's underscore under each word. So um, there's that. You could also shoot me an email, um, jason at rightfitpt.com. That's oftentimes a good way to get in touch with me as well. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, man. To our lovely listeners, man, guys, go follow Jason. Go hit him up. This episode was fire. He gave y'all so many amazing gems. Gems, (laughs) gems. Can you tell we've been talking about fitness or what? <laughs> oh, gems in the gym. Gems in the gym. There you go. <laughs> um, you might have to start a series with that, Jay. Um, <laughs> but but no, man, we we really appreciate you. You know, we we don't take it lightly that you donated your time to to come chat with us and and uh, drop some knowledge on our listeners, guys. You already know. We love you. We appreciate you. Do us a favor. Go to OTC. Go to our podcast page on Apple or whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on. Leave us a five-star review. Write the rating. Click the five stars. And also give us about a sentence or two talking about why, you know, what we're doing has been impactful to you or how this episode was impactful for you. Um, I know we always say that and we're very redundant with always telling you that but it's only because we want other people to see the value that so many of you are getting and the reviews the number of reviews just aren't adding up to the number of people that are listening and telling us how amazing the podcast is so um please do us that favor and uh we'll look forward to that but without further ado it is that time of the episode to say goodbye so Once again, guys, thank you for listening to OTC. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.